Welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. It's been a little while. Hey, D, how you doing? Hello, Bungo. I missed that song. Yeah, I know. It's. Been, I was just thinking that it's been a been a day or two since we've we've heard it. We've been off for a couple of weeks, kind of impromptu. But uh, you know, I, I feel kind of uh, feel kind of good about it though, because I feel kind of refreshed now that we're back again. Exactly. The absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. So, um, so we got our big, uh, our big all female artist episode that we're going to talk about today. But first, I want to uh, to touch on the fact that you're in a completely different location again, and this one's probably a little bit bigger of a deal than uh, some of the other places that you've been. Yeah. No. I uh, out of nowhere, I got the call that I had to come to Germany for ninety days. So I'm <laughs> sitting in Landstuhl, Germany, uh, and I'll be here till mid December, right before Christmas. So the so the real question that I've got, and that sounds really cool. I've never been to Germany before, and that would be a, a a fun place to go and and check things out over there. But but the one interesting thing that I would think uh, for you is probably uh, your favorite beverage of Bud Light. Probably not really all that easy to find there. Am I right? Am I wrong? Uh, it is not very easy to find here, <laughs> and I would get mocked for for having drinking that here because yeah. they call it piss water. Piss water. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's hey, part yeah, of the. We grew up in the Midwest. Isn't yeah. that's part of the charm, though, is that it's very watered down, right? Yes, I think so too. <laughs> so I agree. So, so you're having a cold beverage right now. What what uh, what's your flavor today? Today it's a Pilsner. It's Warsteiner. A mild hop pick. I don't know what that means, but yeah. it tastes pretty good. Good, well, excellent. <laughs> at least you at least you found something to take in place. Yeah, and I mean it's early afternoon here, so I don't feel too bad. But if I was in where you're at. At seven thirty in the morning, yeah. we're currently taping this ten till eight. Yeah, it would be a little awkward. Yeah, so so we do have to we do have to kind of um, our schedule is going to shift a little bit because we can really only tape on weekends right now. So I think our shows will probably go up on Monday for the time being while we while we do this. We'd always done Friday, but I think uh, we're taping this on Sunday morning. So I think I'll post it tomorrow morning, and it's really the only way we can do it because our you know if I'm working during the week and you're working during the week, by the time we can actually tape, somebody's asleep somewhere along the line no exactly and 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 this works out nicely for you too because it you know it uh it doesn't interrupt the middle of your you know sunday you know you just knock this out in the morning and sure you know watch the cowboys lose and and uh be with the family that's hurtful they won they won last week it doesn't seem like they won last week but they did so that that's hurtful that you would say that that was a that was a great comeback oh my gosh i've never seen anything quite like that before honestly honestly and i know that this will really just just really like chip at richie when he hears me say this i think it was my most favorite game that i've ever watched for for several reasons one that they came back and won in improbable fashion when they were literally 99.9 percent that they were going to lose that game like that was the odds that they had like a 0.0001 percent chance of winning and then the fact that it like up the ante for the Atlanta Falcons that yeah they lost the Super Bowl in spectacular fashion but while while the while the um I guess the stakes in this game were not as big I think they lost this one more spectacularly than the Super Bowl 
and it was against my team. So he's never going to be able to really live that down. No matter what happens in the future, you can't live something like that down. And uh, and then this week, the Bears are playing Atlanta. So next week could be fun if we put the unplugged show. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. All right. So let's get to it. We've right. got, what have we got? We've got nine songs, right? Is that correct? Nine songs. Yeah. Nine songs. And this is our all-female episode that we've been talking about for quite a long time. And I believe you are up first, D. I am. The first song I picked, Sean, was Me and Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin. Uh, just one of the greatest songs of all time honestly like you can't deny how good this song is uh, originally uh, written by chris christopherson going back to our country episode uh, joplin actually recorded it like days before she passed away and it, and it got released after she was you know already gone and uh it was the number one single it's the only other one uh it's the second one the first one was uh knock in the bay by otis redding which i thought was pretty cool too but but yeah, just a great song. I did not realize that the song was not released until after she had passed away. Until yeah, I don't, I think, I think I knew that, but I forgot completely forgot about it. But that changes that even changes the complexion of the song even more. You know, when it's when it's a situation like that. I mean, I think the one that we can probably relate to the most when it comes to stuff like that is Kurt Cobain and how much different the music seems after somebody dies compared yeah. to before they die. That's the our generations like Janis Joplin type or, incident, if you will. Or even like Sublime, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a future episode. Mm -hmm. uh, like that second album that they got huge on, uh, Bradley Noel was already dead when that album came out. You yeah. Know, and that's the one that launched them. Yeah, so that's that's um yeah, it is a really really good song though and and listening listening to it, you know uh you can totally hear and and we go back to our classic country episode, you can totally hear Chris Christopherson's way of writing in that song when you listen to oh, the, yeah. when you listen to the lyrics and 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 she just takes it and sings it so perfectly that you know it really it really is one of the greatest songs. I I have to agree with you on that. And she and she's, you know, iconic regardless, but you know, just from her career before this. But if this song came out, you know, as she was still out there, you know, touring, could you just imagine how much huger she may have been? Huger, if I make up a word? <laughs> I think so. More huge? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Goddamn German beer. You were doing your George W. Bush impersonation. Just making up yes. words. <laughs> oh, I miss that guy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I will say that I, I got to call you out on something, though, when I looked at this playlist oh. this week. And, and where things have gone, if we, if we recall all the way back to episode number one, when we talked about why we started this podcast was not really started the podcast, but why this, the Sean and D's good tape or the Newell's good tape came into existence was because D didn't like country and wanted to listen to other songs. But when I look at your taste in some of these songs, like me and Bobby McGee and the last song that we're going to talk about that we'll, we'll keep until, until then, I think you actually are a country music fan and you just don't know it or don't want to admit it because a lot of your tastes oh. when it comes to music are actually very country leaning tastes, including this song, which is really a country song just sang by somebody who's not a country artist. Well, no. And, and you're not wrong. You call me out. That's, I mean, I think, you know, I was a music snob in high school, which is silly because we had, you know, classic rock radio and shit like that. Where, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like listening to hey, indie stuff. Hey, don't stop. Jesus. Don't stop believing in WYMG Dennis. Don't stop. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I just, I had this taste for country and, and most hip hop and everything. But I, as I got older again, you know, 20 years, uh, 25 years, you know, my, I just, just discovered that I like good music, but you're right. There's a lot of shit that I listen to, especially now. 
that is more country than it is rock or leans more towards the country ish mm-hmm. side uh you know outside of like pearl jam and foo fighters and stuff like sure. that, obviously but but like jason isbell and uh, white buffalo which is the album i wanted to recommend to you oh yeah new. yeah you had said that earlier in a text message and i forgot because you know that was two weeks ago when we were originally gonna tape this <laughs> yeah yeah things yeah. just got off the rails a little bit yeah yeah so yeah I, between but, uh, our schedules yeah. yeah absolutely well you i mean you literally went to a different country in the tr- in transit and all of that stuff but uh but no <laughs> yeah. but no i i do and i and i i can tell that you know your your um stuff has changed a little bit on the way that you on the way that you look at things though and when i was listening to this playlist um you know in review i'm like i totally have to bring this up because there there's something to this there's no doubt about it the, the, it la- is, it the, is pretty, the last the last song really takes it over the top by the way when we get there it is it's pretty uh i don't know if ironic is the right word but it is pretty funny that uh the like you said the uh the tape started as me trying to get you off of country music and uh and you know like brandy carlisle uh janice joplin you know the last song which is probably not a surprise to some people but it uh, that song especially <laughs> uh, uh, before we jump off of this song yeah uh, go for it the the freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Nothing don't mean nothing, hun. If it, if you ain't free, I love that line. It is That's a good like, line. I, I, again, using the word iconic over using it too much on the song, but uh, but that's absolutely the way I feel about that. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it honestly, um, it's it's probably I I would have to say the best song that we've got on this playlist by far. Oh. Yeah, and I think, and that's the biggest reason why I opened with it was, you know, just that, you know, and she also paved the way for a lot of these other artists that we're going to discuss, uh, you know, in her roles. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the next song is also one that you picked, and we we transfer from the uh, the country kind of folk kind of music to alternative rock on this into the year of 1995. Uh, Only Happy When It Rains by Garbage. I had forgotten how good of a goddamn song this is. It's a... Uh, it's no me and Bobby McGee also, but, but I, I just, it's just, I, it'd been a while since I'd listened to it and, and, you know, on this playlist and I like to listen to him, you know, several times. Like, it's just, I just forget how goddamn good that band is. So I want to know though, out of all of this, it says in the notes that the song only happy when it's rain has um, been covered by multiple artists, including Metallica. And I would love I've to hear that. that. I'd love to hear that, yeah. but it says it's on the Guitar Hero Five soundtrack. So that's interesting. I'd I'd like to uh, I'd like to hear that at some point. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to check that out. Again, you know, life got a little bit crazy. Uh, I, I lo- the song is awesome too because it's sort of mocking the uh, the angst angstiness of grunge mm-hmm. uh, at the time, you know, like the and and it's but it's just so silly to think about that but uh but it she they did it so well they did it so well i'm gonna see if i can find it oh i i think i did find it actually no i didn't oh i did let's see let me uh go ahead and keep talking about this song for a second let me see if i can get this to work the quote that i liked that in the notes is that uh, the mockery of the angsty wearing your heart on your sleeve thing prevalent in the mid-90s alternative rock song uh, it's the only happy when it rains was about what happened with grunge and the angst-filled thing which has dominated the American alternative rock scene. With us, there's self-deprecation. We have to poke fun at ourselves because we're so incredibly obsessive about the songs and the lyrics, which makes us filled with self-loathing. 
it's yeah, it's 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 just the perfect way they did it too. I'm only happy when it rains. I only smiled in the dark. My only comfort is a night gone black. That's so fucking funny. It's and a, perfect. Well, and it's it's perfect for mid '90s alternative rock song too, because you know. And sure, and yeah. and <laughs> back then we probably didn't know that they were mocking all that stuff. No. no. Uh, you know, it, 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 and it's uh, yeah, Shirley Manson too. Her voice, unfucking believable. No. And did you know? No, we probably literally that, but, went. We probably literally went along with. Yeah, we're only happy when it rains too. I don't remember. Oh yeah, we're the everything's horrible. We're everybody mistreats us. We got life so hard. We're sixteen. <laughs> what were you gonna say? You what were you gonna say about the lead song? Uh, did you know that Butch Vig, the guy who produced uh, Nevermind, and uh, and that uh, oh the Foo Fighters album uh, that we both Wasting Light, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's in this band too. No, I did not know that. What's yeah, he, yeah. What, what's he... it's, it's sort of like a producer supergroup band, and they they plucked Shirley Manson out of Ireland when she was you know twenty one or twenty two oh, years old. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let me see. This this might be an edited out part, but but I'm going to uh, try to play this and see if it really is Metallica covering this song because this is on the fly. So let's see. Yeah, I'm curious. For a second, that's Metallica. Oh, shit, never mind. That's totally Metallica. That's totally James Hetfield, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it's totally different than the original song, though. That's actually really badass and would probably give it a whole different feeling. Like, uh, like maybe, maybe he is only happy when it rains. Yeah. I actually really like this. You too. I'm gonna to have to track that down. Let's get, let's play it for another minute, and then I'll shut it off. But I kind of want to hear where it goes. <laughs> Who knew Metallica would do an acoustic version of an alternative rock song? Friends don't let friends cut their hair. Well. That's really cool, though. I like it. So that you can find that on YouTube if you want to check out the entire song. But no, that's got to be yeah. James Hetfield's voice. That can't be fake. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and just the fact that it's you know noted that it's out there somewhere, I'm sure you know. I don't think Wikipedia lies. Yeah. No, never. No, nothing's ever made up on Wikipedia. I'm sure. Yeah. The next song, Sean's yours. It's a it's a pretty fun one. Yeah, uh, you and I really caught no, on. Yeah, you and I really cut on to this song when it when it came out because they said the word bitch on the radio, basically. I think is why, <laughs> we, why we liked it back in May of 1997. But it's a song by Meredith Brooks, who I believe was pretty much a one hit wonder because I don't remember anything else that uh, that came out. But it's a song called Bitch, and and it actually kind of resonates better in today's world because really what. I think the song is about while, while you had said, you know, it's a, it's a fun song to listen to and hear on the radio or whatever. It really is just about the state of, um, the state of how 
people kind of put other people in boxes. And in this case, it's putting women in boxes of saying you're this or you're that or you're whatever. And it's basically saying I'm all of those things. And it, and it, it's, it grabs you because the main chorus line is, is about being a bitch or whatever, but she's talking about all these other things that she is in life. It's actually a pretty powerful song, you know, 20 some years later. Yeah. And, and it was co-written with a uh, Shelly Peekin and, and they were just frustrated that they, their music careers couldn't get going. So they, you know, they kind of wrote this song. It looks like to be, uh, 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 again, you know, the first line, I hate the world today. Like, what the fuck are we doing wrong? Mm-hmm. It, you know, is it because I'm a bitch? You know, I have no idea. That's that's the interpretation I took away from the notes. And it's kind of what I, you know, in the years, it's been a while since, again, like this song, I haven't listened to it forever. Mm-hmm. But the, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child, I'm a mother, I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. I don't feel ashamed. Yeah, that's, yeah, she's just putting out there, like she gets that she's flawed. Uh, but what, what the fuck does she have to do to, to get ahead in life? Well, the, the line that says Brooks described the song as being about self-acceptance, referring to the word bitch as a term of endearment. So, you know, yeah, kind of trying yeah. to take it back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, instead of, uh, you know, she's not saying I'm a bitch. She's saying I'm a bitch. That's right. God damn it. More power to me. Yeah, this song's totally I mean, you, you could have told me that in 1997. I've been like, whatever. I just care that she says yeah. the word bitch in the chorus line. That's it. That's really yes. all I cared. Oh, about yeah. It. And they played it on the radio. Yeah. And they, yeah. And they played the radio. That was, I mean, and and in that time that was really rare to hear something like that on the radio. Now it would be just another song on the radio if you listen to top 40, but, but it wasn't, it was not, yeah, it was not, it was not (laughs) like that in 1997 top top 40 sounded nothing like top 40 does today. And remember at that point, we really didn't like top 40 music very much for the most part. And now you hear some of those songs that were on on top 40. Then you're like, Hey, that's a pretty good song compared to the trash that's out now. Yeah. There was a, there was a (laughs) turn your damn music down kids. That's right. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Get off. There was, there was a few that's, that's uh, snuck in, you know, like the spice girls uh, and a couple of songs actually we're going to talk about uh, coming up next actually uh, that, that are just really good songs, but you know, weren't necessarily playing on QLZ all, all, you know, our, alternative that's hard to say rock station Mm -hmm. you know at the time but uh, so yeah no and we were easily amused back then too like all you had to do is throw a swear word or two in a song and and we were we were happy with it oh yeah yeah because we tried to throw swear words into songs as much as we could just on our own like we've talked about before i will say you know you were talking about things that were on like the alternative rock stations compared to the more top 40 stations and stuff like that i remember when things changed so much to where where the rock stations stopped playing the alternative like the I, I don't want to say the pop alternative bands but they sort of are like a matchbox 20 or accounting crows or goo goo dolls or stuff like that there was at one point where they just completely stopped playing that stuff and it all became godsmack and and um system of a down and and um disturbed and stuff like that that was really bothersome to me because i liked it when they played all of it on one station where you didn't have to flip around so much because sometimes it's okay to hear a song that's like real heavy like a like a godsmack song but but you want to hear the the lighter fare sometimes too and a good mix of that is makes a good radio station in my opinion it's it's funny you bring that up with like matchbox 20 and goo goo dolls and even hootie and the blowfish remember yeah. the first time we heard those songs was on the right alongside metallica yeah. and, and pearl jam mm-hmm. and uh you know but as soon as they got popular you know they pulled back and, and you know it wasn't the same but i agree mm-hmm. it was nice to have that little dose between uh corn and you know disturbed and the new metal shit that was prevalent you know 
towards the end of our listening to the radio's days. I mean, you can only hear Cemetery Gates so many times, really. And the Pantera one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which actually is a good segue into the next song because the next song is, uh, by no doubt, Gwen Stefani is not the same Gwen Stefani today that she was when No Doubt very first came out. And the song is Spiderwebs off of Tragic Kingdom in 1995. This song would have played probably on both. You know, it, it and there is no way ever that you would hear this on an active rock station now but this was kind of considered a rock song when it very first came out well and it's funny you know this this is probably my favorite song of theirs Uh, oh easily you know easily just yeah yeah just a girl and uh don't speak you know we're the same sort of time but this one is just the most fun i don't said funnest uh (laughs) the most fun uh of of those three that i consider you know they're they're uh, the good stuff but yeah and, and do you remember sitting in was that a study hall and were you in there where we it was in miss white's room and we would have the tv on mtv and this song and, and just a girl and the next song you weren't in that class no, I don't you don't think remember so. that no but i'm interested in the story yeah no I, for some reason we we were in there it, it might have been like after we went to the eight block it might have been like our little you know, like break thing for that uh but i remember you know like our friends uh Josh and Tom were in there with us and and, uh, and I think Corey and Ryan and we we would just watch MTV for 45 minutes and just <laughs> so, sit there and shoot the shit it sounds our terrible. senior year it would be terrible actually I, I say it sounds terrible but in today's MTV it would be terrible because that would be like oh yeah no th- this was still that back was when good, they played that was videos good, that was good most, MTV yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I do remember one time I think I was in there once for something where I and you guys were in and the song Peaches was on by uh, president of the United States of America. (laughs) And that leads me to a funny story. So um, we were talking about something to do with, with um, that band, I guess on a, on an episode not too long ago. And our friend, Stephanie, who's a big listener was PO'd that we, we mentioned it because the song got stuck in her head and she was texting me for like three (laughs) days talking about how the song was stuck in her head. And I said, well, um, she said, I think we were talking something along the lines and I'm not getting this story quite right because it's been a few weeks ago. Um, of uh, other songs that that band had. Cause I mean, that band wasn't a good band, but their songs were very catchy and did get stuck in your head. And I said, did you ever hear the song kitty? <laughs> she said, no. So I said, <laughs> listen to that one and see if that one gets stuck in your head. And I'm, I'm sure it did because that one's even worse to have. And cause all you hear is that cat meowing the whole time and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I just actually, I found that album on vinyl. Like they because, re-released because we it haven't done this on their own. We haven't done this for two weeks and we have a lot of sidebars when we haven't talked for a while. <laughs> yes, and everybody yeah. gets and you to thought hear. this could be a shorter show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, random, random thoughts. But, uh, but yeah, there. it's, I, again, like some of these songs here, I hadn't listened to them in a while. Uh, and it, it's, it's a really fun record. Uh, and I think we talked about the concert where you got kicked in the head. And are we talking, which band are we talking about? No doubt or presidents. Oh no, we're back on the presidents. Okay. 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 Oh, you want to go back to no doubt? We should probably no, please, no, please finish what you were talking about. But, uh, I just, I just didn't want to get lost in the story because we're talking about too much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. The Sangamon County fair, they played there. And, uh, you know, we went to the show uh, with a, you know, a few of our friends and, uh, Oh, when I got, got, when I got got concussed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it got pretty fun. We can save that story for another time because yeah. I don't remember all of it as much as you do. And we're talking about no doubt, not <laughs> presidents. Uh, I, the thing I like, and, and I think we all kind of knew this when it came out, was this song was kind of written about a stalker. Uh, <laughs> I, and, you I know, didn't like know how, that. like, God, you think we're this well go this good together? And no, it's 
it's I screen my phone calls. Do you remember when you used to have to do that? Uh, yeah, sorta. It's been a long time ago. Yeah, with light lines and all that. Yeah, now I just don't answer the uh, phone unless somebody leaves me a message, unless I know who it is, because there's just no point in answering. Yeah, anything. but in the old days, you used to have to let the answering machine pick it up and see if somebody would leave the message and decide yeah. whether or not you wanted to uh, talk and, to them or not. In the old days, people didn't call you every five seconds trying to get you to buy an extended warranty on your vehicle either or tell you that... Or tell you, you that your a, credit card... They can consolidate your credit card yeah. debt even though you don't have credit card debt. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> that you, or that there's a warrant out for your arrest in Dallas and you've never been to Dallas before. I always thought that was an interesting call one day. Oh, I never got one of that. Oh, yeah. The, one, the well, ones I got. And the weird thing about that was the same day that I got it, my dad got it too the same call. So they were, must've been, they must've been at the ends or something at that point, the, you know, on the last name, but he got a call saying there was a warrant out for his arrest in Dallas too, on the same day. Well, maybe because you both named similar things, they just wanted to cover their basis. And one of you was actually wanted in Dallas. Yeah. Even though neither <laughs> of us had ever been there, but that's okay. You know, it, it was interesting, yeah. but a sidebar, <laughs> sidebar over back to no doubt. <laughs> hey, oh yes. Screening yeah, calls. So stalker, screening screening calls. phone calls. Yeah. Uh, and the other, the other, the other thing I thought was interesting too, was just like, a oh Jesus, I can't now blanking on the bands. Uh, oh, fastball was one of them where they never actually released like songs as official singles, mm -hmm. you know, even though they made videos and sent them to radio, but in order to get those songs, you, you had to buy the record. So mm -hmm. that was part of why this tragic kingdom album was so successful besides the fact that they're catchy as hell. Well, and they too, had, they but, had three, they had three pretty solid releases off of it too. Yeah. And, and yeah, but it was downhill after this. You could tell that. Uh, oh, it went pop. It yeah. went, it went top 40. It went pop after that. Yeah. yeah. It totally changed. Yeah, it totally to, changed the uh, hootie and, and goo goo dolls and all that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a hootie and the goo goo dolls in the same category as, as like this type of pop. Cause this was, like, oh, I just, I just meant yeah. that they, uh, yeah, their sound sort of changed to what, was selling better. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Goo Goo Dolls went from punk to, you know, more adult contemporary. Well, yeah. The Goo Goo Dolls. Yes. But I don't think we, we didn't really pick up the Goo Goo Dolls until they were already out of their punk phase when they started uh, yeah. playing them on the radio. So a lot of people don't even know the Goo Goo Dolls punk phase as much as they do like name and stuff like that. Okay. So I, I they're nine songs. So this is track four. So we'll go to side B uh, after this, but what was the German exchange students name? Occam. Occam. Yeah. He had Sugar Ray and Goo Goo Dolls earlier punk CDs. I remember. I remember one time at the uh, at the trailer, he brought them over, and uh, and and I remember the Sugar Ray one being like, "Holy shit! I like this is Sugar Ray," and the Goo Goo Dolls one especially blew me away. Uh, God, how no doubt sparking Goo Goo Dolls and presidents of the United States of America. <laughs> Occam. Occam um, was was the. He, he could drink the most beer of anybody I've ever seen in my entire life. He could literally put away an well, entire case of beer and not, not seem like he had drank any beer whatsoever. And that time too, when we were what 19 or 20 years old, uh, uh, that was impressive too, because you know, oh. you put seven or eight beers in us and we were like, in Bud Lights too. You put, you put, you put three <laughs> in me now and I'm probably about on the floor, but cause yeah. I don't ever hardly drink anymore. Kids. I forgot all about that. Mm -hmm. And he, the German exchange student too, oddly enough. You should look him up. You should look him up while you're there. It's not a big. It's not like everybody doesn't live all in the same town in Germany, right? 
Yeah, well, Germany is one town, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the way I understand it. It's Berlin and David Hasselhoff. He'd be, like, he'd be like, who the hell are you? Why are you calling me? I had the trailer. Yeah. Oh, the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> the trailer. I was going to try a German accent, but I really don't think I could pull it off. So I decided I, not to. I was I was about to do the same thing. And then it sort of turned into like an Asian accent. So like, <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't a pirate, right? <laughs> All my all my imitation or my uh, <laughs> accents turned into pirates or drunken old men. <laughs> all right, so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so let's flip it to side B, Sean. All right, take all a right. quick break where we're going to put commercials eventually. Yeah, eventually. All right, we'll take a break and be back in just a second. All right, welcome to side B of Sean and D's Good Tape, our all female artist uh, edition here. As I sit and still, uh, I was pondering during the break about uh, the fact that, you know, how Richie's probably dealing with the fact that his team suffered the two worst losses in football history in the last few years. <laughs> it's pretty fun to, to think about that. Yeah. You got to watch that Super Bowl with him too, didn't you? I did. Yeah, that, that didn't end well. Anyway, um, <laughs> next song is mine, Sean. Okay, it's, go. it's another one of those MTV uh, in that study hall break period. I can't remember what it was called now, but, uh, it's a Who Will Save Your Soul by Jewel. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great fucking song. You know what? You're going to be surprised at my reaction to this song on listening to it for really? the first time after 20 years. Jewel is a really good singer who oversings this song. When she sings like a normal person, the song sounds really good. When she tries to go higher... She, her voice, I, I just don't like it when it, it, I, I don't remember not liking it, but, uh, but, um, it, it, when she, when she hits those really, really high notes, her voice changes and she almost kind of sounds sort of, um, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe like Kermit the frog or something like that. It just, I, I don't like those high notes anymore. They, they bothered me. Well, I think that was, I think that was part of her charm too, was the fact that she had a unique voice but yeah no the kermit the frog thing that's funny because it does kind of sound like that but yeah uh, but i think that was part of her charm the whole folksy lived in her van you know before she hit it big with this song sort of thing I, and the little snaggletooth thing that she had going on snaggletooth uh, i don't remember you, that you don't no. oh man i had the biggest crush on her forever uh, oh, but uh, but yeah no I, I i but i think that was part of her charm the way she sang the songs and, and you know the, like that yeah, I don't want to take with what I said. I don't want to take away from the fact that this is a good song, and she is a really good singer. I'm not saying that she's not. I think that she just overuses her voice in this song just a little bit. Yeah, probably by design at at, at, at that point too. But uh, yeah, but do you remember how big this song was? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she was this this album was huge. Yeah, yeah, I love I loved it. I, she wrote this song when she was 16 years old. Uh, when I was about 16 years old, I took a train from Michigan to San Diego and then into Tijuana and hitchhiked around Mexico. It seemed like everybody else was looking for somebody to save them. I wrote it during that trip, but I had no idea it would ever be on a record. Uh, I, that's just what a great backstory for oh, a absolutely. huge fucking song like it, this. That, yeah. adds, that adds to it, too, of just uh, wanting to like it and all of that kind of stuff, you know, just uh, because it is such a cool, yeah, cool backstory, like you said. I, I started street singing along the way, and that's when Who Will Save Your Soul came. I didn't know any chords. I played the same four over and over and just started improvising lyrics. I sang and gave foot rubs to tourists at the docks in Cabo and hitchhiked. There's our Sammy connection. And hitchhiked without being murdered or raped. I always carried my little skinny knife 
It wasn't little, actually. It was a pretty big knife. I thought I, I liked that one. That's a crazy story. Yeah, absolutely crazy. So we pray to as many different gods as there are flowers. We call religion our friend, and we're so worried about saving our souls. Afraid that God will take his toll, then we forget to begin. That was the one, the lyric that stand that stood out to me. Yeah, upon yeah. listening to it. No, uh, you know, I think. Uh, with with that too it's it's funny how far she has come you know this album obviously hit really really big and you know i wouldn't say she's like mainstream relevant these days but she she became an actress as well and i don't know if you remember this d but about i don't know probably eight or seven or eight years ago she actually starred in a in a made for tv movie where she uh that was based on the life of june carter cash and she played june carter cash in the movie Oh, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. No, I'm and gonna have to look that up. She did was really it like get, Lifetime or some shit like that. It might have been. I don't. I honestly don't know what channel it was on, but I remember watching it, and and it was kind of like um, if you've seen Walk the Line, um, which we've talked about before. And I know it wasn't your uh, wasn't your favorite. You know the way that they portrayed Johnny Cash in that movie, but this movie kind of flips it, and it's from you know the perspective of June Carter as opposed to from the perspective of Johnny Cash. It, it was it was um, decent. I wouldn't say it's like the greatest movie I've ever watched, but it's it's worth watching if you care about, you know, the Johnny Cash, June Carter, um, country music time capsule, you know, you want to learn more about it. I think, I think she was also in that cold mountain movie with, uh, uh, and Jack White was in that. And I think Renee Zellweger, and I can't remember who the, uh, the, the starring, you know, male star that was, but, but I'm pretty sure she was in that movie. Okay. Okay. So she's, I don't know if she still puts albums out or not. I haven't heard anything like new music from her in a long time. So. No, but when we were putting this together, just thinking about that that uh, mid '90s sort of thing, and again, this was another one of those MTV songs in that that uh, that little break period that we had that was always on, you know, with her playing the guitar in the in the bathroom stall. Uh, I always remember that for some reason. I don't know why. I went to Google. <laughs> I went to Google and typed in Jewel just to see, you know, what what popped up, and the first thing that popped up was the Jewel Osco ad for the week. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it shows that, yeah, not necessarily as relevant as she used to be, but still um, good stuff. You know, first song that pops up of hers is actually this song. I think it was probably her biggest one. So, yeah, but a good song. Like I said, I don't want to, what I said earlier about her over singing it, I don't want to take away from the fact that it is a really good song. It just struck me that, that she doesn't need to necessarily, and there's a lot of artists actually that do over sing it. What? Yeah. yeah, Shine Down. Yeah, like Shine, Shine Down. Down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of artists that do over sing songs, and I think sometimes just using your regular voice can make a song even just as powerful. Yeah. Completely agree. That's so, funny, Kermit the Frog. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like, too. Like she's got something <laughs> stuck in her throat. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's a beautiful song, and that album, uh, Pieces of You, was, was so huge and, and really still a great record. Uh, the next song, Sean, is also one I picked. It's uh, Mother Mother by Tracy Bonham. Another one of those kind of one-hit wonder things mm-hmm. with uh, Meredith Brooks. This is a great fucking song. It is a really it's good so song. Good. I forgot about it. I totally forgot yeah. that it existed. I'm going to guess a lot of people don't even remember what song we're talking about. Maybe I should play a minute of it. Go ahead while I pull it up. Uh, it, it's it's From her debut album, The Burdens of Being Outright. Right, it reached number one on Billboard Magazine's Modern Rock Tracks chart in mid-96. It was the last song by a female solo artist to top this chart until Royals by Lord in 2013. I'm freezing, I'm starving, I'm bleeding to death, everything's fine. Oh, God damn it, I love this song. Just even talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps. 
like the just the like it's like a lettered home to to mom and dad you know explaining all that stuff and it's just mother mother can you hear me sure i'm sober sure i'm saying life is perfect never better and if i tell you what you want to hear will it help you sleep well at night oh, i'm hungry i'm dirty i'm losing my mind everything's fine oh, damn it's so good it is a good song here's where you were talking about This is, again, one of those songs where, uh, you know, of course I bought the CD because I love the song, and I couldn't tell you another song off this album. Oh, sure. I'm sure there's not really anything. Right here. But no, that is that is an absolutely crazy statistic, though, that uh, you could go from 1996 to 2013 without a female solo artist topping topping the Billboard chart like that. Yeah, and, and, and but it just goes to show you again we were just as much a fault that it too ignoring a lot of female musicians as was brought up to us by listeners. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, but goddamn, that's such a great song. And that and Lord, do you, are you familiar with her at all? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so fucking good, too. Mm-hmm. So the next song on the list is by the Cranberries, which I kind of I didn't know whether to put this on or not, because while we were doing female artists, the lead singer of the Cranberries is indeed a female artist, but the rest of the band really isn't, um, you know, but I thought, you know what, the voice is female and I think it fits. And we'd actually had this song requested by our, our my buddy Brent, who listens to the podcast each week for our our show where oh, we nice. did, where we did the all request show and it just didn't fit, you know, in it because we had had too many requests so i thought this is a good place to uh to fit this in um the song linger by the cranberries and it was from their debut studio album everybody else is doing it so why can't we this is a really good song that uh i don't know it's if it's their um necessarily their their most popular song but i'll tell you what i really really like this song and i like the vibe of it and the the meaning behind it i wasn't surprised when you picked it uh uh you know like zombie is is right up there with well-known cranberry songs with this one yes you know so when you said this one i was like oh he didn't go with zombie and then i listened to it and you've talked about over the weeks uh over the show's episodes uh about the vibe that you'd like nowadays mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. fits perfectly right into it it's mm-hmm. got a bit of a rock edge to it but at the same time it's got that mellowness and it's and lyrically whew, <laughs> really great uh Originally, the lyrics to Linger were written by the Cranberries' first single, which was Niall Quinn, I think Niall. Uh, she fell in love with the the track after they hired her as the, the singer as a 17-year-old. And uh, uh, she said it was about her first kiss. And it was like, just that feeling of being a teenager and having something, you know, feeling that first love feeling and to have it, you know, just linger there. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Again, another song I hadn't listened to in a while, but really fucking perfect. I like that, as you can hear it playing underneath, I like how the music changes too, because I always talk about how I like when songs start sounding different. You can yeah. just hear that, how the song, it's like the intro to the song isn't even part of the actual other song, and it's, but it's both really, it's both really pretty the way that they do it. Uh, when we get off the air, remind me, I'll tell you the specific White Buffalo song that I that I wanted to recommend to you because it had that exact change. Oh, okay. <laughs> or maybe I'll hold it until our next episode where I play songs 
that I give do the playlist of Sean is songs that, Sean needs to hear. Is that episode sixteen? Isn't that what we're doing after the Nirvana Unplugged? That'll be. We got to figure unplugged. out if we're doing Unplugged into two episodes or just one because I gotta I was, agree. I, I think I it could be that. two. I think it could be two. I really do think yeah. it could be two, but we'll get there. Um, good song though. Check this one out if you don't know this song, which it's probably been a long time since you've heard it. Um, it's it's just a good song. It it yeah, it's got a great vibe to it. And I'm then, in so deep, you know I'm such a fool for you. You got me wrapped around your finger. Do you have to let it linger? Mm-hmm. That, that part. Oh. All right. Now, the next song, uh, I doubt very many people know. And um, we had said on the last episode that we would pick an Alanis Morissette song that was not Jagged Little Pill because I think we're going to do an entire episode on Jagged Little Pill at some point in the future. And... Um, uh, this song is an Alanis Morissette song that's brand new, actually, or at least just a few months old. Uh, I think I, I went, went round and round with, with what to pick. There's the song Thank You. There's the song Hands Clean. There's, but there's not, and there's the song Uninvited or probably the three biggest songs that she's done outside of Jagged Little Pill. But I decided to go with this new one because um, Amanda, my wife, really, really likes this song. And it's a song called A Blaze, and it's about her children. And um, she actually performed this on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, which is where Amanda heard it for the first time. And it's why she likes it so much, I guess, being on late night talk shows and singing your song still does do good sometimes. Um, but the but it's basically um, a song of her her talking to her kids about um, why they're so important to her and all of that kind of stuff. And it's actually a really touching song. And I can see where you and Amanda, especially like the first when when you said this was the song that she picked uh, mm-hmm. and to have it be directed towards a son and a daughter. And and uh, my mission is to keep the light in your eyes ablaze. Like, again, getting goosebumps just reading that line. Like, I don't have kids of my own, so I don't I don't necessarily have that great a feeling like my nieces and everything. But yeah, but but this song, you know, for Elliot and Meredith and Amanda and you, like, I'm sure that's. Why? Why it meant something to her? We'll play but a minute a of it for people. We'll play a minute of it for people who haven't ever heard it. It's funny though how much this still sounds like Alanis Morissette from Jagged Little Pill. You know, she really oh, always had this vibe. It's just she. She's just 25 years older now. <laughs> so aren't we yeah. all? Exactly. Oh my gosh. She's probably a little bit older than us, but. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, she'd have to be a few years older than us. Yeah, but a good and this, this is a good point to remind people that uh, uh, if you go to Spotify and find Sean and D's good tape on there, uh, separate from the uh, the podcast thing, but we have our own Spotify page where, and I'll also post it on the Instagram stories and Sean will put it up on Facebook, but you'll be able to get these playlists and listen to any of these songs that you don't know or hadn't heard in 20 years like us or like this new Alana song, like Turn You On To Her album, which is actually really good. And I think I think one thing to uh, to say to people, because I'm sure they're wondering, well, why do they start playing a little bit of the songs now where you did where we didn't on a lot of the earlier shows? And, you know, we had to kind of feel out, you know, is it OK to play some music? Is it not OK to play some music? And I think the reason that we've started to do it 
we don't ever play full songs. You notice I just play a little snippet. We're talking about songs that would actually help the artists. And a lot of these cases if people actually remembered and wanted to hear the entire song. So I don't think they're really going to uh, fault us for uh, playing a little snippet of a song like this. That's brand new that can make people say, Hey, I actually want to go hear this and maybe buy the album and stuff like that because people don't buy albums and stuff like that too much anymore. I still do. I, well, you're, you're but, different though. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, but uh, it's a, uh, yeah, no, and it's, and it's a great way like, just give you a little taste of it too. It's a, uh, uh, one of the things what we talked about early on is, is we, we like talking about music and this mm-hmm. thing and being turned on to new music and sharing music with, with people, with each other and, and our listeners now too. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a fun way to do it. And again, we hope it helps artists out too. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a bonus song this week that is your. Speaking of an artist that doesn't need any help. Yeah, yeah. Very I'm also, first I, I, she, she would be actually somebody that I would be a little bit nervous about playing um, part of her song, but everybody yeah. knows the song anyway, so I really don't need to. Well, she seems like a pretty cool chick, too. Uh, uh, but this is the song that broke me on Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> Love Story. It was on the uh, uh, her 20, 2008 fearless record uh and it was one of those songs i worked part-time at a cole's department store and it was one of those songs that would just play over and over again because they play like nine songs oh my gosh and Oof. nine th- songs this song just keep rotating this song would be like one of those earworm ones like mm-hmm. like we were talking about the presidents of the united states like and then the more and more i listened to it i'm like wow this is a really well-written song and, and she was so young then too, like, uh, and, 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 you know, like I always mocked at, at this point, this was like, I guess 2010. Uh, and I would be like Taylor Swift, Jesus Christ, she can't be that big of a deal. And then I'm sitting in there and I'm forced to listen to these songs over and over and over and over again. And I finally, she just finally broke me like Stockholm syndrome sort of thing. Like, you know, Taylor Swift is awesome. We have to do whatever she says. Sort of thing. <laughs> But, but it's great, and, and I became a fan of hers ever since then. No, it is a, it is a really well-written song um, that's got a really good story to it. That um, it It's a little poppy, you know, but it's not bad. Oh, of course. It's, it's, it's not bad, but it does go back to what I said earlier in the episode that, um, yeah, you're, you're a country music fan. You just, you just are. You're a country music fan. I can't really deny that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't outright try to find it mm-hmm. but uh but yeah you know like garth, garth brooks and taylor swift and mm-hmm. johnny cash and all of my collection yeah yeah and you're very uh you're very well versed too that you go all over the like classic country you know like 90s country now uh with uh i guess this isn't really today's country necessarily but did you get to see her well no and she and she has since become more pop and i think i think we've teased doing a whole taylor swift episode which might actually come to fruition uh but uh, uh but yeah she's all over the place genre breaking i think she's more pop yes but the thing of it is is this song is a pop song this song could have played on pop radio it did as a matter of fact so yeah it was under the guise of country music but that's where country music is now country music is what pop was 20 years ago it really it truly is except for most of not taylor swift i'll take her out of this but most of the artists write 
songs that are not as good as pop songs or pop rock songs that were from 25 years ago. The lyrics don't mean as much, you know? So, but, but no, this is the thing about Taylor Swift. I think, yeah, exactly. The thing that, the thing I think about Taylor Swift, when you think about this was 2008, I believe her first big hit, which was actually about Tim McGraw, um, came out in 2005 or 2006. She was a kid, you know, she wrote all of these songs as a child not as not even somebody that was in her her um 20s or something like that that had any perspective on life and it's very grown up lyric writing in some ways that somebody that was her age at the time should not be able to do well in, in this song in this song too you know uh she references Romeo and Juliet uh it was about you know a boy that she had a crush on that her family you know didn't care for and again you know that's a strong teenage you know feeling oh sure uh, and I guess what uh, I mean, I guess what I mean by that though, is it's not the, the, what the song's about, what I mean by that. Cause the song is about something that a kid who's 16 or 17 would totally be thinking about. It's how, how natural the song flows and how well it's written. The story that she wrote <laughs> is so well written for somebody her age. You wouldn't think they'd be able to do that. And again, in between, uh, you know, Justin Bieber and some of the other shit that played in Coles back then, uh, like once this song is blasted in your head enough, you know, you catch yourself singing it sort of. And then, then you realize like, Oh shit, this is actually a really well-written song. It's mm-hmm. a really good and catchy as hell. Like right now I've got it stuck in my fucking head, mm-hmm. you know, but it's no Hamilton, but it's uh, <laughs> it's really good. Oh man, I have a great story uh, actually. So I had to fly out of Chicago. I couldn't fly out of Michigan to, uh, to, to get here to Germany. And uh, so I got to spend some time with my family. We had a, a social distanced uh, get together with uh, my aunt uh, who loves Hamilton. And she was so happy to hear Hamilton on the podcast and the Beatles episode. Like she, she's another one of those ones that it's a huge Beatles influence uh, on me. And, uh, but it was just so funny. Like, like she was suggesting doing a Hamilton episode, which, you know, maybe we'll throw a song in here or there. I don't know that we could actually fill a hole. It actually has been requested by more than one person to do an entire, uh, do the entire Hamilton soundtrack. Oh, I think I've actually had four requests for it now. I've had two, including my aunt. So, so that's, that's six. <laughs> I don't know if we can pull that's that a majority? off. I can, I don't know if we can pull that off. We might have to have some other people join us for that one. While, uh, while, um, <laughs> Elliot's sitting over here going, yes, do it. <laughs> <laughs> that, it gosh, I, I, I can't believe it. Okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, we'll have to consider that. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that off the air and I'm going to save the song that I want to recommend you. So, uh, so yeah. unplug maybe two parts. It'll be 15 and 15 and a half. And then uh, episode 16, we're going back to the, uh, uh, D think Sean will like these songs playlist mm-hmm. and uh and I'll, I'll set that up this week and get it to you to give you some time to listen to it. yeah i think i think um you know we've kind of gotten in a little groove with uh little specialty things um perhaps a hamilton one like we said i'd like to maybe go back and do another we got a really good response on our uh on our uh country episode we should probably do another one of those coming up in the in the future and we just have to do regular episodes too so we can get our our pearl gem and sammy hagar fix you know we can't not do that yeah. Unless we want to want to go the route at some point of doing like an entire Pearl Jam episode, that wouldn't be a bad idea, you know. And we could even go back well, and sure. visit some songs that we already have. So yeah, it'd be absolutely. Kind of fun. And, and we've and you know this is episode fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us have been 
thrilled with the response that we've gotten yeah. uh, from it. So we're happy to do it. Um, forgive us if we have to take a break every once in a while because of schedules. You know, mm -hmm. Sean has children. I have travel issues. Uh, so it's going to be, we'll be here for you, but it's going to be, uh, yeah. you know, it won't necessarily be every week, but I like the Monday drops now. Uh, and so, yeah, thank, thank you again for all of your support to, to our listeners. Yeah, well, I think that does it for this week. We will be back next week. Richie will join us. I'm sure I won't mention anything about the Cowboys and Falcons on the podcast, so I don't scare him away. But, uh, but, um, and, but, I, and I want to find out about the Atlanta-Chicago thing coming up today. Yeah, yeah. So, um, But we will be back next week with Nirvana Unplugged. But until then, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.